Hello and welcome to We the People. This week, the cabinet approved a proposal to raise the legal age of marriage for women or girls in India from 18 years to 21, bringing it at par with men, and is likely to move legislative amendments in the ongoing winter session of parliament. With this step, the government has set in motion the process for a major change in our laws, a change that will have far-reaching implications. So, on We the People tonight, we are asking, is this a step in the right direction? Does it solve the problems it sets out to? Does it address the underlying causes of early marriages? Is this the answer to fixing the multitude of underlying issues that force women into an early marriage in India? Will the number of child brides magically drop just because the marriage age has been legally raised. We've put together a fabulous panel tonight of women who work on and speak up for women's issues, but have opposing views on this one. So through them, let's question the logic, the deliberation that went behind arriving at this decision, a decision that the government is calling a watershed reform. We have Kushbu Sundar, Spokesperson of the BJP, we'll have Lalita Kumaramangalam, former chairperson of the NCW also with the BJP, and Dr. Renu Singh, executive director of Young Lives India on one, uh, on one side. And then we'll have um, uh, Amita Pitre, lead specialist of gender justice at Oxfam India, Madhu Mehra, executive director of Partners for Law and Development India. And uh, we'll have Flavia Agnes, women's rights lawyer and... Uh, to, uh, you know, we're often accused of having manners. What about having famos? So we will have Mehmood Paracha, also senior advocate of the Supreme Good Court, day, joining us. Kushpu Sundar, to you first. You know, according to the latest um, National Family Health Survey, 23% of Indian girls are married before the age of 18. That's the legally permissible age of marriage today. And the problem is much worse, more prevalent in rural areas, it, almost 27%. Now, keeping... The marriageable age at 18 is not solving the problem. So how will increasing it to 21? I think it's more important that we understand where we are taking this from. We need to look at it step by step. Everything cannot be jumped and clubbed together and take it forward. The first and the right step in the right direction is what I look at this from 18 to 21. And I speak not only as a BJP person, but as a mother of two young girls, one is 21 and one is just stepping into 19. And I think as a mother, this gives me, though we say we belong to the 21st century and we are a very, very modern outlook, I think every woman, every young girl or a young child, I would ask, uh, I would rather say, uh, you know, this is the right step in the right direction. You give them the confidence that whatever happens, you will not be married off at 18. Uh, yes, we do still have problems where we say that girls, the minute they are 14, 15, and they, you know, they feel that a girl is a huge burden and we need to marry her off. Uh, we do see child marriages still persisting in our country in certain areas. But like I said before, this I look as a first direction in the right step. There should be a fear. A girl especially can definitely go to the law, take the people uh, to the laws and say that, listen, you can't force me to get married when I'm 18 because 21 is the right age for me. Because a girl, not only physically, mentally, financially, she needs to be uh, absolutely strong to get into something 
called marriage because this is going to be for lifelong and for them it's extremely important in today's time that they understand what they are getting into and to me extremely important to make sure that the girl is empowered and she's financially stable and All at right. 18 it's extremely difficult so 21 yes after your graduation you are doing something with yourself All right so you've set up we've set up the debate here now let's get delve into it further deeper Flavia Agnes so you have this proposed legislation it says it's placing women on par on equal footing with men enabling them to pursue careers and higher education just like their brothers up to 20 fun before being married off while also lowering maternal mortality rates infant mortality rates improving nutritional levels as well as possibly an increase in sex ratio at birth so why uh, oppose it like what what could it what could be wrong yeah uh nobody is saying that girls should be married at a later age uh nobody is opposing that okay uh and it's better that they get opportunity for education and high studies uh, for job uh, to prepare them for employment all that is really good except a ground reality is something else hmm this is all wishful thinking according to me because Today also, you see, twenty-three percent of our girls are married off before eighteen. Correct. I just said that. And, and this law, this provision came in nineteen seventy-eight. From sixteen, age was in from nine, like nineteen forty-five. It was like uh, age was fifteen, then it was increased to sixteen, and sixteen, uh, 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 and seventy-eight. It was uh, increased to eighteen. Uh, Now forty years have gone by, and what has government done to ensure that child marriages under eighteen will be reduced? Hmm. It doesn't cost government anything to pass legislation. It costs money to create the infrastructure. And why the government has not done infrastructure? Why there are no schools in the villages? Hmm. There are children who have never even gone to school. So what they will do till the age of twenty one? There is always the fear of sexual assault. They are afraid to go out. They are afraid to send their young girls out. So they feel it is safer to marry her and send her to husband's house because yeah. after that she may not be able to marry. So the, as soon as they mature, which is nowadays quite early, actually twelve, thirteen, the girls become mature. After that, one or two years later, the marriages are fixed. So this is the reality. Okay, so there's a reality the on the ground, and this is a move that looks like it's a women-centric issue, but it's superficial. What is what? What you're saying? There are the serious uh, problems that need to be tackled. It's not easy to do that. So you have a simple panacea that's being passed. Lalita Kumaramangalam, um, please come in in here. This is a superficial response to a very serious problem at hand, and it's actually born out of an. incomplete understanding of women's issues you're not addressing the underlying causes of early marriages you're ignoring existing socio economic differences uh, as flavia you know touched upon uh, families fear dowries escalating dowries at 21 versus 18 social stigma they fear for the safety of unmarried daughters in our cities they fear for intercaste community love affairs they fear for having to feed an extra mouth i mean does changing the marriage age address these issues Uh, okay now from what flavia said what i gathered is that she thinks it's not going to be easy to push this law through and to see that it is followed 
both in letter and spirit. I agree well, with the her previous, that it's not going to be easy. Well, the minimum 18 years of age, I don't know if you, you were there, we pointed out at 18 years of age, I 23, know. 24% of girls are still getting married. Girls are that. married off before that age. I know I've worked for 31 years in this field, <laughs> so I quite understand why we have you on the show. Now, I agree with Flavia when she says that it's not going to be easy. But this is a first step in the direction of giving women not equality. I really don't think the two people are equal. So at least a fighting chance. Okay. Now, I agree when you say that even now today in the villages, girls are being married off. But that's not only because there are no schools. Schools are not there. That's a different question. It has to be addressed. Where there are schools, there are many conditions that prevent them from sending their children to school because of the amount of sexual abuse that adolescent girls are forced to face even in the villages and cities. Now, that is not the point. The point here is that at least a fighting chance needs to be given to the young girls. For example, in states which are ahead of other states in terms of education, etc. And not just for education. Look, we're, we're only seven, we're 17 by the time, boys and girls, by the time they finish the 12th standard. Now, post that, if, and we all must agree here that economic, um, uh, economic independence, or let me say autonomy, is the best way eventually of achieving some sort of control over one's own life and uh, some sort of self-respect, not just in one's own eyes, but also respect from other people in society. Ultimately, it's, it's money that makes society work. And we have seen this throughout the women's movement in many, many, uh, I know I'm digressing a bit, but allow me to give me permission to. We've seen it in many, many programs, whether it's the self-help group program down south, which has been such a spectacular success whether it is where there have been programs which have been tailored by politicians like Jalalita who really address women's issues and who understood that without this sort of economic, uh, uh, you know, empowerment, uh, we are going nowhere really. Okay. Uh, it's not just education. It's also the fact that we're giving girls those three extra years. And there are a lot of girls, even in rural India, perhaps not so much in what they call the cow belt, but throughout India where, you know, social uh, uh, TV, television and, and the, the mobile phone has given an enormous amount of autonomy to women, where at least they have a fighting chance. Okay. I agree right. it's not going to be easy. It's going to be extraordinarily difficult. But okay. why should we not at least try, even if it is Why difficult? not try? Okay, Madhumera, at best, you know, even if, let's say, for argument's sake, this is a superficial response to a multi-layered problem whose real solution requires society to change. But changing the law, is that not, uh, as Lalitha Kumar Mangalam says, you know, the first step, as Khushbu says, a step in the right direction. Does not changing the law have to go hand in hand uh, along with these societal changes? So actually, um, changing the law to from 18 to 21 would actually be very harmful for girls. And let me explain that okay. why. Uh, there are there, there is a need for girls who are uh, who are pushed into early marriage to actually have the option to delay marriage or to to choose to not marry at all. Hmm. Ideally, that would be a great way to go about it, uh, a great aim uh, or goal to achieve. But that goal is best achieved through changing their circumstances, their opportunities, and the conditions that are available to them. Sure. And that, that shift will gradually happen as it has happened with the middle classes. Middle classes are not marrying early. They are marrying in their 30s, even in their 40s, or they're choosing to not marry at all. There's a huge shift that has happened. This is an issue of poverty. And hmm. if you're going to, uh, and, and the, the group of uh, girls or the population group where early marriage occurs, 
they also enter the job market early the boys enter low paid wage labor the girls are do huge amounts of uh, unpaid uh, household work and caregiving so they are actually caught in a trap of deprivation lack of opportunities and very frugal support from the state now that's what is needed for state support, support services from the state welfare provisions nutrition and nhfs 5 says girls are the female malnourishment is high Hmm. So how are we going to are we going to say that after 21 we don't care about the mal- malnutrition uh so really i think this is an unnecessary kind of uh, move which will hurt girls because at 18 they are adults they should have a right to choose what they want to do make so available say, options uh, and choices madhumera you're a lawyer now when you yeah. say this can hurt girls what do you mean can you expand can you can you elucidate on that can this law become yeah. a new source yeah. of harassment is what it have you is, seen in your work it is it is already it is already a source of harassment uh, because uh, we've looked at 10 years of child marriage prosecutions in india from 2008 to 2017 I wish the government would collect research studies like this and and inform themselves because what we found in these 10 years 83 cases of child marriage prosecutions 65% of which were parents prosecuting their daughters who married out of choice. Mm. And okay so you're 30... bringing in a new layer over here yes, you're saying this yes, could be so misused child marriage prosecutions could not be misused are misused they are the both poxo and child marriage in combination are used to target eloping couples mm. who marry out of desperation because their girls are either evading a forced marriage in the family or they are escaping uh, a huge amount of housework and and domestic violence or whatever other context you know that challenges in their lives but they are escaping that to marry early and and to be with the man is the only way to be with a man and to be sexually active is through mar- uh, within marriage so naturally the uh, the idea for the couple tries to legitimize their relationship okay but marriage, can you give us another marriage. example like uh, you know of how someone it could be detrimental for them or the laws could be used against them if they've found to be married uh, at 19 or 20 under this new law So now what we are saying is adult girls now will be under parental authority Got or it. under okay. state authority. Uh, okay so that's another so layer being sense, added something we in, have to in keep a in sense, mind is the formulate policies is, in a country like India. The state is replacing Understood. the yeah Okay Renu saying so please seat, come in here I want to go back to you know the original uh, uh the issue where many say this is a diversionary tactic from a government when you're not allocating actual resources towards nutritional programs like the uh, ICDS to education to health right because you have a new law they're saying it's going to give a solution to improve maternal and infant mortality rates uh, but that actually depends on poverty on female education on reproductive health how can one actually delay marriage uh, uh, renu singh dr renu singh isn't that by education isn't that by providing safe workplaces in isn't that by providing job choices for women vocational training job creation cash incentives to families whose daughters study up to class 12 or undergraduate levels is this the easy way out in a diversionary tactic So thank you. I think um I mean I've heard our other panelists and I think yes there are this is just the first step and I think 
we've got to understand that legislations, even in the past, have been you know, instrumental sometimes in driving social change. And what we really need is, of course, a lot of investment to open more windows of opportunities for young girls. But the fact that, you know, we've had the age of marriage for boys always at 21, and nobody questions that. Uh, this is just a step to say girls need to be continuing their education. Yes, we do not have, I think, the provisions today to make sure that they have the skill development that they sorely require. Uh, we need mindset changes in terms of making sure women, for example, we still have 40% women still in <clears throat> agriculture and they don't own the land that they even till. You know, so I think we need a mindset change un undoubtedly. And we'll have to do a lot to make sure that now young girls are kept safe because, you know, I heard the other day, you know, a remark that this will lead to girls being more unsafe. Safety of girls is not because of a legislation being there or not there. It's because society is still continues to view women in a particular manner. And I think it's about time that, you know, we, we make sure that girls have the opportunities are not pushed into child marriage and early marriage. And yes, over the years, have we got rid of child marriage? Of course not. NFHS 5 has given us that, you know, analysis very clearly that, you still have, you know, 23% girls getting married before 18. But we did an analysis of NFHS 4 uh, to see the difference between outcomes for women who got married after 21 and before 21. Just as a small dictator, I just want to share that. And what was very interesting to see in that analysis is that, you know, early marriage led to, uh, you know, early, I mean, what I'm saying with, as early marriage was, that means any women who woman who got married in the 21 to 30 year age group between before 21 and after 21. Hmm. And the analysis showed us that, for example, and I'm talking about the offsprings. So I'm now talking about intergenerational transmission of poverty, stunting, you know, between for, for women of the, of the children born to women who got married before 21 and after 21 was statistically uh, higher for those who got married before 21. I'm not going to get into data, but I just want to say that also while 33.8% of those who married after 21 received tertiary education, this was only 11% of those who married before 21. I mean, these are this is just data from our own statistics. And if it's just five, the raw data is not out. So we haven't analyzed it. So this is 2015, 16, mm. and there may be some better results now. but. There is definitely, you know, a data and statistics which clearly shows that, and we know that for, you know, how come middle class and upper middle class won't even think of marrying their girls before 21? Women, like we, we heard other speakers say, girls are now, you know, opting to marry much later. But we know that girls coming from poorer households are often don't have those choices. At least the legislation will put in Got place it. something that might be a deterrent mm. and we need to definitely look at more better implementation of the law i Got definitely it. agree with other speakers who said that yes you know just having a law will not help we need to open those windows of opportunities and the fact that you have child marriage is voidable now needs a re serious rethink because mm. if it's 
void ab initio, at least you don't now have this whole aspect of it's voidable and therefore no prosecutions happening and nothing, no FIRs mm. being really done. And, and panchayats and everybody else actually, you know, stopping people from going out there to stop a marriage, which, this, which is what happens when we go in, into the villages okay. and try and stop a marriage from taking okay. place. Okay, so I think we've gotten a, you know, fair idea of all of the challenges also on the ground. I want to bring in Mehmood Paracha, Senior Advocate of the Supreme Court. So, um, also legally, how does this go forward? Is it tenable? Is it going to become a reality? It's a far-reaching decision that will require modification in faith-based personal laws dealing with marriage, dealing with inheritance. Uh, I think uh, I can only speak from the legal side, but uh, the right narrative should have been put to people who are affected are going to be affected. That is the law for legislation. The target group should be consulted before making any law. That this government is never going to do, we never going to do. We've seen farmers' agitation long term, and now this legislation should have been brought after consulting young young women, which has not been done. Now, coming to the uh, logic of this uh, uh, legislation, I would only say that child marriage has not stopped. Your data are showing your. I'm just sure. seeing your screen. It has that, come uh, down. Even after the marriage age has been uh, put to 80, well, well, 23% is the data which is showing that it, 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 it may have come down, but it has not stopped. So what is required, if at all, if it is not fudging signs for oblique motives by this present government, hmm. what is required is to ensure that right of choice, right to give consent should be made, uh, should be ensured. For that, this government is not doing anything. Okay, it I want to go across to Kushbu Sundar, uh, give her the last word on this, science, but I want to ask you, Mr. Paracha, as, as you said, you know, you are bringing us your legal experience and expertise. Now, if this is passed by Parliament, what happens next? I mean, how much of a challenge is there? Is it going to be easy to push through because uh, you have to amend uh, a raft of laws, right? Wouldn't this not require the uh, Special Marriage Act, the Hindu Marriage Act, the Christian Marriage Act and, you know, Parsi Divorce Act? Um, across all communities. What I'm saying, this government is using, uh, is, is fudging science, fudging logic to subserve its oblique motives and that too near UP elections. So what I'm, uh, what I want to say is that this law cannot be implemented, will not be implemented, everybody knows this, including okay. this government. But uh, the earlier laws are not being implemented as well. But, but what I am saying is this should be, this debate should be for and between young women, not us, we old people. So that is what I would like to request uh, channels like you to bring this debate to the actual affected people. And they will tell this government and everybody else instead of the personal law, bringing in personal laws, instead of bringing in uh, minority laws and all that. So let us bring this debate to young women and listen to their voice what they want. Mm. They would say that we want absolute right to choose. Well, we For have, we have an audience do uh, up. Do we that have uh, members? Okay, we don't have our audience members up, but we normally do on We The People. And yes, I think that I agree yes. with this is a great idea. And I'm sure we'll be doing it on NDTV speaking yeah. to young women. Ask, but ask, uh, ask the young girls. They will tell. They will tell everyone. 
खुशबू सुंदर क्लोजिंग क्लोजिंग ओके वी डू हैव ऑडियंस मेंबर्स के मी जस्ट is there anyone in our audience sorry, members sorry. who would like to respond let's get some quick views some young women in our audience just put your hands up any women who want to speak unmute and go ahead all right i really personally believe that this is going to prove to be counterproductive because it would reduce the women autonomy and also in shaira banu versus union of india we saw how much it impacted and how when triple talaq was declared unconstitutional uh, we were at a crossroad whether muslim law can be quashed by the supreme court and right now we are at with this notification we are at a similar crossroad whether the muslim law will be changed or will the personal laws be overrided okay so this will also open up a, a pandora's box of you know worms not that it means it shouldn't but any other audience women in our audience would like to speak just unmute unmute if we talk about the okay i'm going to give it one last shot before i go ahead to khushboo any women who want to speak please unmute Okay, we had one woman there, but Kushpur Sundar, we, uh, we, I want to just give you the last uh, closing argument. Um, if you could respond both to the issues raised by Madhu Mera and uh, 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 Mehmood Paracha about how he says you know this is a diversionary tactic; it's not really solving the problem. If that is the intention, there are better ways to do it, harder ways to do it. This is the easy way out, and also address the issue of what this means for a, a, you know women's. autonomy and the government the police families then uh, controlling women this is basically in order to control women and make sure they don't marry out of their castes interreligious marriages etc well to start with with what madhu ji had to say uh, i think uh, you know we have to look in all the aspects whenever there's a decision being made whenever there's a change in the laws we will have these kind of arguments with somebody will be for it some few of them will be against it and any kind of argument is healthy and is definitely required in a democratic society but as i said at the onset this is the first beginning in the right direction okay. yes we need to empower women uh, uh, women we need to uh, make sure that they finish their education but i think at the age of 21 it gives lot of strength to the young girls who do not finish their schooling in fear saying that by the time they are done with their 12 they are by they are 17 and that fear does not linger on them that another one year and i'll be married off will i be able to finish my undergrad right. will i be allowed to study further and today you know a lot of young girls we find they are so strong that if they are forced into a marriage if there is a child marriage which is happening they are going and complaining anonymously yeah. or through friends or someone they have the courage to call up and say that i'm forced into this marriage as far as Uh, intercaste marriage is concerned we do have special act and even i am married under special act because there is an intercaste marriage into religious marriage All so right. you don't have to worry about that and as far as the other uh, esteemed panelist we had mr mahmood it was very clear that it was about you know the change of the government and you know his his uh, 
where his sympathies lies in our, some other government. It was more of a blame game. But I would like to tell him that this law is not about any religion. This law is about every woman we have in this country, every girl child of this country, and every mother, I would personally feel, would welcome this decision, especially with the very young right. girls. We just right. need to give the Mr. confidence to the girls that you can study. Mr. Paracha, we I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I'm very out of... We, we are seeing the huge change. And this okay. is the first step Kushbu in the Sundar, I, Apologies, Mr. Paracha. I'm not able... My director is telling me I just cannot come to you for another 30 seconds. Thank you all for joining just us. We've all raised just important issues. Uh, this is a show where we believe it's important to speak up but also to listen. We will continue to focus on this. And I think we can all end by saying we're in agreement that the government, our, our political parties need to work on changing our mindsets in society. It's not going to happen just by enacting a law, but that is a start. Thank you all. And special apologies to Mr. Paracha.